Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Spacemen from Pluto podcast. I am your host today, Dan, and as usual, I am joined by... Ben. James. And Christian. Hello guys, how are we doing? Doing good, doing good, good, mate. Ask me how I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm alright. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. okay. Uh, So, we've got a few things to discuss today. As I'm sure you're aware, guys, uh, we're going to have a little bit more of a nuanced look at the Oscars going on from our conversation last week. I know we've got a bit more to say about Promising Young Woman, haven't we? Uh, We've also got not one, but two finales to discuss. (laughs) We've got the Invincible finale and, of course, Line of Duty finale to discuss. Ben's excited for that one, being the only one that watches Line of Duty. (laughs) It's a segment where only I talk. It's my favourite thing. (laughs) I can't wait. Uh, We got another Star Wars series to discuss. Star Wars all the time, baby! Yet another of the endless Star Wars content. It always comes back to Star Wars. (laughs) Last and maybe least... You know, depending on your perspective, <laughs> we've got the small matter of a new Marvel trailer uh, that's been released, which apparently showcased like the next 25 to 30 years of Marvel <laughs> movies. So, you know, pretty packed podcast, guys. What a treat. Got a lot to get through. Um, as usual, you know, we've got the time codes in the description if you want to skip to certain sections. So feel free to do that. However, before you do that, uh, if you're viewing on YouTube, why not? You know, just give us a cheeky subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Consider hitting the like button or even smashing the like button. Very easy. Takes two seconds. Little thumbs up. If you're listening uh, via audio on Apple Music or, um, sorry, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, tap the subscribe button if you want to follow us on there. I think on Spotify, tap follow and then you'll get all all our audio podcasts. I had a look at the analytics, you know, <laughs> as the custodian of the audio <laughs> podcast. I had a look at uh, some of our podcast analytics the other day. We have like a world map view from where our views are actually coming from. And there's some surprising locations, actually. Uh, I expected it all to be from the UK, um, but that's not the case. Uh, we've, got, we've got people, I'm looking at the map now on my laptop, and we've got people all over the shop. We've got a lot in the UK. We're international boys. We're into we're global. We've gone global. We've got views in Brussels. We got views in Frankfurt. We got views in Madrid and Barcelona. We've even got views in the United States of America. Now there is a very small chance that these are just VPNs pinging off some server. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe we do have views there. And you know, wherever you are, we're thankful for listening. Both the uh, YouTube version of our podcast and the audio version of our podcast very good stuff very positive stuff i would love to give a little shout out to our friend uh, rob edwards i want listeners to check out his youtube channel because he's just surpassed 500 subscribers so Ooh, awesome deal. for rob i'm just checking now he's on 512 so that's really really good he does fantastic little video essays on more like kind of Asian, Japanese, Korean cinema, things like that. So really also think other things as well, like John claude Van Damme, baseball movies, things like that. So 
really good stuff. Really yeah, we'll, happy we'll for him. the link to his channel in the description. So if you, yeah, you know yeah. you want to check that out, it's just below. Anyway, guys, should we get to it? Let's go. Let's get started. Oh, got a lot to get, get through. So I guess first of all, we're going to talk about some of the Oscar films. Maybe we have a few more things to say about them. Have a little bit more of a deep dive. Should we just should we just say up top now because it's been a while and we're talking more about the films themselves rather than just the awards. Spoiler warning for any film that was in the Oscars. Yeah, it's yes. pretty much yeah. spoiler warning for yeah. everything we're going to be talking about today. So maybe... exactly. But yeah, you have been warned. Um, <laughs> so if you're going to stick around, enjoy the conversation. But there will be spoilers. Let's go. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so what do we want to talk about? first guys should we jump straight into promising young woman i think that's the the film we spoke about least last week even though it's one of the films that i, I think we had a lot a lot to say say about generally i liked it i think it, i think it's a really really solid film i really enjoyed it okay i th- i yeah i thought it, i thought i thought it was good i thought i thought it was like strangely both like kind of like trashy yeah, okay. kind of like a like a bit shit, but then kind uh-huh. of good, in a weirdly entertaining way. And then I was kind of like, I just even now I don't know what to make of it because we just because we watched it the once. Yeah, and I couldn't tell if like, if I agreed with what she was doing. Like, it was kind of left ambiguous in what she was doing to them. Yeah, if she did anything to them. I thought this like, so the way she deals with the dean and the. Girl, the other girl who didn't like report anything at the time it's like yes nothing happened but that's not, you didn't control that so like when she it turned out she actually had left the dean's daughter in a diner she could have been picked up by anyone she didn't know that nothing was going to happen and yeah. when she paid that guy to take Alison Bree just up to the room but scare her into thinking they had sex but they didn't so the main character has no idea whether he's going to actually sexually assault this woman or not so yeah, it's, it's all ca- very Mulligan, circumstantial and a bit risky Carrie Mulligan that's it it's, like, a, it's a it's a weird film as well because it's like where I don't know if you've noticed guys, <laughs> but I don't know if we're like the most qualified to talk about the kind of the issues at hand of what women face hmm. in nightclubs and stuff. It's kind of, it's always like an issue where very, we're probably you know, not at all qualified. <laughs> no, so it was like yeah, it was. Uh, I think it, obviously because. The, the ending deliberately kind of leaves you. It's the ending's. I, I don't, don't know like the ending because it it, no, it doesn't I, leave. It didn't leave me. I think it's supposed to leave you with like a victorious yeah. kind of taste in your mouth, but it really didn't for me. No, <laughs> no, no one won. No one seemed to win. No, it seemed like Carrie Mulligan's character was just consumed by this need for revenge, and I thought it was just kind of like that. The, obviously, there's the plot twist with Bo Burnham, and I, and I remember saying to you. Um, I remember uh, Ben saying to me during the film, Bo, but what's going to happen here? Is Bo Burnham going to turn bad? And I was like, no, surely not. I mean, come on, come on. Like, it's Bo Burnham, for God's sake. They wouldn't have cast Bo Burnham if, like, he was going to turn bad, surely. But then it slowly dawned on me, like, that's exactly why they cast him. I don't know if I could properly kind of settle fully into their relationship. Because I just knew, I just knew he wasn't, he was going to be was bad. Saying, what, what was, yeah, yeah. I knew it wasn't legit, so I couldn't see, I, fully I didn't, get I didn't into it. I didn't see it coming at all. Oh, I, I said to Dan pretty quick on, didn't I? Like, it's going to be... I, no, I think you were sort of... You, you definitely were... That was your, 
your theory was that Bo Burnham was going to turn out to be bad and it was just going to be this super, like, you know, cynical kind of film. When that reveal did happen, though, I thought it was a pretty kind of shocking reveal. I I, I liked how it was done. Um, and, yeah, it was, even though I was kind of half expecting it and Bones expecting it, it was still sort of like, it was still quite a shocking moment. You just felt so bad for Cassie. I loved what it did as well, because it's like we've seen throughout the film like these other characters well she's going to the clubs like oh i'm the nice guy i'm sorry i don't mean to do that and it's like when we're watching them it's like well very clearly they aren't the nice guy and then what this does is it shows even the people who seem nice when it goes wrong they snap like that and they will just twist like that so anyone has got it in them to kind of twist yeah. and you don't really yeah. know what they're gonna it, be like it, it, like, it, like i i i did enjoy like most of the film like it's sort of cynical uh outtake but also realistic um outtake of like what it's like being a woman in nightclubs and this sort of strong revenge plot um but i i just i i, I sort of after watching it i ummed and ahed about it for like two three days over what i thought about it because i felt like the last 15 minutes just really dampened yeah, the entire rest of the film. Yeah, it's very. It was very jarring because actually, if you look at um, how everything goes down, once she's killed by those that guy, it it's almost played a bit for laughs, and it's kind of weird in the ter- the way the tone changes. Like there's one moment where like she dies, and then that's the end of our looking in on her story, and the camera there's a long tracking shot that just has. Uh, Cassie's body laying on the bed with a pillow covering her face and the camera tracks slowly towards the guy that's done it and it's like now the film is from his perspective kind of thing and his friend comes into the room and it's like this weird almost like comedy bit about like oh is she really dead and you know it's played almost for laughs there's that kind of I don't know if that's the intention but like, it certainly I, had my that kind of feel. It's a thing if he thinks it's come from the casting because Max Greenfield is like a big time comedic actor. He's he's so funny. He's hilarious in New Girl, and I think maybe it's like because that's his thing. He doesn't really know how to switch off from comedy, and I think maybe it's just. Yeah, but I don't know if it's intentional. Him, it's I, it's weird to go for comedy at this point. I, I do think it was a little bit intentional because it's the way that that shot, that entire scene was edited as well, because it's either got I, I couldn't tell but it's either got no music or like very minimal music so mm. it's like a comedy scene but comedy scenes usually have some sort of soundtrack and background noise yeah. but apart from what they're saying backwards and forwards it's like perfectly silent so it's it kind of turns the comedy the the, the, the comedic elements of the scene to be kind of eerie I, I I felt really uncomfortable with the fact that they were making it kind of comedic for sure yeah it was a strange choice and yeah i think it's one of the things in that film that made me just confused as to how it feel about the film as a whole and what it was actually going for and was it trying to be this entertaining sort of almost like tarantino-esque kind of revenge thing that puts a li- it's a little bit style over substance because there was a lot of like aesthetic looking stuff like the way shots were frames um you know etc etc uh, but then we've also got at its core this quite serious subject of the way guys, you know, the th- things get guys get away with and their treatment, an issue that's just ongoing, the treatment of women in general and sexism and misogyny. 
it's kind of like this I'm not sure the two styles really meshed that 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 well and it just kind of left me and Ben I think and on YouTube by the sounds of it just feeling a bit kind of like what I don't quite know what I'm oh, seeing. See, I I, re- I enjoyed it I think it was really good and I had I literally I don't think I really had any issues with it until literally she got suffocated and went oh oh come on I wanted like a triumphant ending yeah. for this character yeah, yeah. I wanted like an almost you know she does it she drops the final message she gets the closure and she just rides off into the sunset yeah. I, I, was, I, I, I wanted some sort of like because they, they give you that final text message in the police turning up at the wedding and stuff but that's not the victory I wanted I either wanted some sort of like some sort of point where she re- realises that the revenge you know they do some sort of like the revenge makes her as bad as they are or something like that or more to the point I wanted her to you know, fin- go through with the revenge, get the well-deserved closure that she needed to carry on with her life, and then ride off and disappear. But also, is it possible to schedule texts like that? I think it. I, I think I, I, when I had a Samsung phone, it was. Uh, I, I, always, I, I first thing. presumed I was... um, Alfred Molina sent it. Well, I, was, I don't think uh, he did. Yeah. I presumed Alfred Molina sent the texts from her. She might have said, you know. I've already typed it out or typed this message and he mm. sent it because he, se- he sends us some sort of envelope. I think that's just like a confession thing. It might be. Well, I like I, that. And I that was a nice little addition yeah. of it wasn't all just she but she met this person and she taught them a lesson. She met this person and she taught them a lesson. It wasn't as procedural. It was a nice sort of... It, it just changed it up a bit, which I thought was a nice little element. Yeah. It's funny that. We've inadvertently done it. We're doing an episode about like endings and how kind of oh, like yeah. the like, or endings you might not agree with because obviously we all the film's leading you down this path of the traditional structure is the hero will succeed and win the day and then obviously the writer has gone where we all everybody's thinking that so let's not do that but they've kind of done a bit of i wonder if they've kind of done like cake and eat it where maybe yeah. would it have been better if you're going to really hammer it home that this this uh, plight that women face is kind of real. She gets killed and they just get away with it, and then you just walk away. But maybe, maybe, maybe she just felt that's too harsh. Yeah. Or maybe even the studio went, "You can't do that. You have to give us some win." I don't know, but yeah, it, it was. No, I also like... think if it, it was the texts for me that really made it feel just a bit hokey. If it had been yeah. some other way, like she, like if she had said. Oh, Alfred Molina, can you leak this if anything happens mm. to me? I think that would have been better. Just the whole text coming up felt a bit like, oh, I don't know. Just, mm. I don't know. It felt okay. weird. That I also think if text had maybe been a bigger thing throughout the film and like an established sort of plot device, then it would have made it. It just kind of felt really out of nowhere. Yeah, maybe you are right, Ben. Maybe it was a sort of late addition. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. We I don't know because it, 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 it did work that they get their comeuppance and. Yeah, with the son, and it was quite funny when the the really vicious mate just runs off. <laughs> that was quite yeah. good. Just to illustrate that, you know, he only cares about himself at the end of the day and covering his own kind yeah. of back. But like, I was just thinking about like what the moral of like this story is, or what its message is, and everything. And like, I think that's kind of what left me feeling cold, like having to think about that because really, like, its message is that people are just a bit like shit, and people aren't what they seem and you know even nice people like Bo Burnham who are nice kind of like doctors and seemingly very very caring and sort of attentive towards yeah looks after children exactly and very sort of switched on in terms of what's appropriate and not in how to treat people in general 
um, they turn out to be like you know have skeletons in the closet and kind of be a bit awful and you know when the backs are against the wall there's this one horrible moment where like his back's proper against the wall and she's like i'm gonna ruin your life if yeah um i'm gonna release this if unless you do this and and he, he caught he just calls her like a bitch and says oh he calls her a failure and it's like yeah, his, yeah, his, yeah. his, his yeah, whole proper nasty yeah and it's yeah. like his whole facade of like oh i don't mind that you've not done much with your life like i just love you for the person you are. it all kind of falls away because like he's his back's against the wall and it's like he's lashing out and meanwhile like everyone like um cassie is completely consumed by like this need for revenge for a friend the whole like a whole life the last decade of her life she's like she's not reached the potential like academically um she she's just working in the coffee shop without any kind of ambitions to go any further all she does is like try and like you know and 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 trap men into doing doing things um and you know it's just a very kind of dark lifestyle she leads and then at the end of it you think oh she's everyone wants to move to everyone wants her to move on right everyone's like even even um the the girl's mum wants her to move on and it's like yeah this might actually work out for her and then it's just like actually um no no <laughs> but yeah i don't know but maybe that's the point I don't know, but it just kind of left me feeling a bit sad, really. Clever <laughs> that um, all the—I don't know fully every, all their careers, but I think all the men she meets in the clubs, basically all the male characters, played famous womanizers or popular kind of love base like McLovin's. He was one. Oh shit! I didn't realise that. Like one was from New Girl. Yeah, I think yeah, another yeah. guy's from a TV show where he plays a romantic lead. They're kind of known for that, oh, and, they've, yeah. and they've cast them in that. A, a kind of against time. Adrian Adrian Brody uh, was the first guy. Uh, not Adrian Brody. Jesus Christ, that's Adam completely Brody. different. Adam Brody. What is he, he in? He's he's like he, a serial killer in something, isn't he? I'm sure he is. Uh, he was in the OC. If you yeah, remember that's that. right. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was like this big kind of heartthrob figure. He was yeah, very. Yeah. He was very much kind of a bit of a, a womanizer, I guess. He played. He he played the field or whatever you want to call it, and it yeah. Maybe it's his character. Like, yeah. If we're thinking about the right one, the way I know him from was he was in Smallville and he was that character of, oh, you think he's really nice, but then it turns out he's an actual creep and when you try to say no to him, he snaps. I can't mm. remember who said it. I can't remember if it was you, Christian, who said um, Neil Patrick Harris would have done re- would have been really good in this film for that kind of... because sp- he yeah, played yeah. a famous womanizer. Mm. He would have been good in that in this kind of role as well. Uh, you, put, you have Barney be his character and have your mother be a, like a, a creep. On the other side, from a woman's perspective. I mean, his, his character in How I Met Your Mother is a creep. Ah, okay. No, because no, Christian, did you not hear the laugh track? It's funny. <laughs> I, I, I mean, one of Barney, one of Barney's lines <laughs> in one of the seasons is the only reason to wait a month for sex is if she's seventeen years and eleven months old. And uh, yeah. And but did you hear the laugh track, Christian? <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> The, th- the stuff like, I mean, going back to like fanboys, which, which, which was our latest time or so trash, like that was only, you know, 10, like just over 10 years ago. How about your mother? Same kind of real applies. The stuff people said back then, it was only 10 years ago, but man, so much stuff has changed and like people are, are so much more kind of like, oh, like aware of, of, of like how like inappropriate certain things <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's why films like promising young woman no matter what sort of plot points they hit that we may or may not like it's kind of cool to start get these conversations going oh, yeah, yeah. that's what these oh, films yeah. do 
it's great that a film like this even exists. Yeah, yeah. Written, directed a, by a woman, yeah. you know, about this from a woman's perspective, it is great. And I know yeah. it is part of the Oscars, so most of, well, to be fair, there's a lot of adaptations in this, but it's a genuinely good original film. Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah. It's I think it's solid. I, I don't know if I'd be like I don't know if I'd give it a best picture nomination. Um, yeah. I, I did no. I did it. I enjoyed watching it because yeah, it was a new a new story that I hadn't seen from a perspective I'm not familiar with. And it did it did go in interesting directions and it definitely created a conversation. Yeah. It, it, you know, because imagine I guess the the late the woman who wrote it, um, you know, who won the Oscar for best original screenplay. Imagine if she had wrote the winning ending. People wouldn't be talking about it as much, I imagine. You reckon, sure? I don't think so. No, no I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I do reckon that um, all of the plot points and the way that the story curves and changes, it it was all deliberate because I, I, do, I do reckon that the sort of sour but victorious ending was very deliberate because it does create this conversation of... I, I know a lot of people just from looking down Letterboxd that have given it low scores purely based on the last 15 minutes. This is like this debate there of like kind of we had the same thing with Last of Us 2 in a way where people didn't like the ending for whatever reason. So like... No, it was the start of The Last of Us they didn't like. No, but it was also like... It, I think it was the whole like the whole the whole thing. It was the start oh, of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think... Well, there was the, the ending, yeah. But like, also potentially Line of Duty... <laughs> oh, we'll get to that we'll get to that Ben we'll hold your horses get, get to your point Dan sorry but yeah it was kind of like this idea of that like just because something challenges you and, and doesn't like kind of conform to what you expected therefore it's bad and well, that's not the case you know? well the, the, the Last of Us had one of the endings that I thought that Promising Young Woman would have mm. be, because The Last of Us Part 2 um, spoilers for that I mean I know we've already said spoilers but we didn't know we were going to talk about this Yeah. so I'll add it on anyway um, but that ends with Ellie going to hunt down Abby for killing Joel um, and uh, basically you end up absolutely choking Abby to within an inch of her life she was already she'd already been caught by this like cult in Florida and basically crucified but yeah. you get her down from the crucifix and basically choke her out and then Ellie lets go at the last minute and is like be free I don't care about you anymore Yeah, and lets her go and everyone had a real problem it's like but we were hunting her down the entire game and then she just turns around and decides not to kill her I thought it was quite a nice sort of I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I thought it was I thought it was a, a a good sort of character ending for her that she realised that she was becoming yeah. as as revenge dr- driven as Abby was yeah. when she killed Joel, so she didn't want to become her. So I was like, okay, it makes it makes sense, but yeah, I, my, I can my, get why people were annoyed. But in the case of you know, well, yeah, with with Last of Us it was one thing, but the, like with the case of Promising Young Woman, I it's like it sounds like it's a similar kind of deal where people like don't like what they see and therefore that like they they judge the film as bad as a whole like with last of yeah. us they didn't like yeah. it so they judged it as they don't respect the choice of the writer to tell the story they want to tell and that's like that's you can't it's subjective you can't just say oh it's bad because i didn't get what i want that's just not how you know it works like it's good to be challenged and it's good to be surprised by things and look with it's so thought-provoking isn't it both last of us and promising young woman young yeah. woman wouldn't be still getting talked about now 
if it wasn't I, for this sort of thing. So I was, I was gonna say, even even though I wasn't sort of a fan of the ending and it took me off guard, this is not by no means a bad film. It's a really really good film up until that point. It's it's very well shot, very well written. Yeah. I mean, I thought like the acting throughout, both from both Kerry Mulligan and Bo Burnham, was really good. I think yeah, Bo yeah. Burnham is really underrated, just in general. Um, mm. Like Same. even his stand-up, like is is top-notch. I think, and I've been yeah. trying to recommend it to Ben, saying you should watch it. And it's one of those where if you carry on recommending something to someone enough, they just resist it. And I can tell Ben. Well, maybe we'll do like an ex- maybe we'll do like an exchange down. Like, do we we could watch Eighth Grade for you? His stand-up for me. Yeah, maybe. He's got a new special out, actually. He just released a trailer a couple of days Do back. That. Um, that was filmed exclusively in uh, kind of lockdown. Just oh, him, yeah, no crowds. Or yeah, it looks quite interesting. Um, check the trailer, listeners and viewers. I'm a big fan <laughs> of his stand-up show, What? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> the show's called <laughs> What? No, but it's good. It's Because his, his stand-up is funny. And he is funny as a stand as a, as a musical kind of comedian, but it's also like the quite interesting and thought provoking stuff, and yeah, sort yeah. of weirdly deep in places, like stra- strangely emotional kind of because oh. it does that thing that sort of you know Tim Minchin does it in a way. If you you guys have seen any of Tim Minchin, where like because he's sort of like he's putting his kind of humour into a song music has the power to make you a bit emotional <laughs> and and tap into sort of emotions and stuff so it's the same with um, Bo Burnham it's funny and kind of like profound at the same time but yeah I'm not much of a fan of Tim Minchin anymore though that was that, <laughs> that was back when I was going through my atheist uh, phase and he was uh, introduced <laughs> to me as a as this bastion of kind of rational thought who's also a comedian and he's all right, you know. But you went through, like your Ricky Gervais, Tim Minchin. I was in. I, I was an insufferable atheist. Um, yeah. <laughs> about ten years ago, just you wouldn't stood, stop prattling were, on about it. You were stood next to the Christians with a megaphone, with with your own megaphone, doing essentially kind of preaching in the street kind of deal that they do. Essentially, atheism. yeah. I yeah, used to yeah. go to like um, skeptic conferences. Like that would put. Oh wow, you were mental, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was quite kind of interesting, you know. But obviously, it comes. Any of those communities come with their own problems. Like, you know, they come with their own sort of weird hierarchies, and like even the skeptics community has the same thing. There's and, a power of dynamic. Yeah. Cool. And then there was a massive um, kind of sexist kind of. Uh, scandal and problems with misogyny within the atheist community and so the skeptical community. So I was going <laughs> and uh, straight out, straight out the door. <laughs> but yeah, it just became a bit, just a bit weird. Are we all done talking about promising a woman? Are we ready to move on to some more? It's definitely films? worth, definitely yeah, worth yeah. a watch. It's a good watch. It's a good watch to. Uh, it's a good film to watch with people. I think it's one of those yeah. you can kind of enjoy watch and kind of have, take the ride with somebody you can, I would say. It's sure. definitely been the one that of all the Oscar films I've watched I've had the most conversation about which is great, yeah. I love films that you can actually talk about. So guys, uh, we have other films to discuss, we do. not that I'm not enjoying this conversation, but um, I guess we've watched other movies over the past week I know, I know Christian has watched Soul I have, I've yes. watched that over Christmas, I've seen it which was obviously nominated for Best Original Soundtrack. It won Best Original Score. It won 
Excuse me. It won me. best animated picture. Yeah, it, it won. won it won awards. Oscars. What did like we've not really discussed so we didn't discuss it at the time. It was quite a big film. I watched it. James has seen it. I don't know if Ben's seen it. Uh, no, and now Christian's oh, in well, it. We, we, we can sell Ben on it. Yeah, we can spoil it. it for Ben, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Christian, what do you think of Soul? Um, I really enjoyed it, because I, I hadn't read any reviews on it. I didn't really know anything about it. I went out of my way to avoid sort of getting it spoiled. Um, which is a weird thing to say about like a, a Disney Pixar film, but I'd heard that sort of the only thing I'd heard was oh the trailers don't really represent the film particularly as the film would play out and I was like okay um, fair enough um, mm. I I was really into it you know from seeing the stuff from the trailers but then as soon as they end up back on Earth very early on um, I was like oh oh I I thought this was all going to be a film that takes place in you know the sort of before life and after life and it was going to be a jump around where they're all little soul blobs <laughs> but a lot of the film is back on earth and it it was honestly sort of one of the best ways to do it because it did end up being this like typical disney pixar very heartwarming story it was almost like a bit of a christmas carol type deal where he's yeah. like taken back through his life and you know you get to see like his, his how who he's affected in the past and what what positive influence he's had on because he's like a he's a music teacher. You know what I don't like about Pixar films at the moment though, the way that they kind of animate dogs or like draw dogs. <laughs> like I don't think they're cute at all. I don't think they're oh, cat, uh, animals in general. There's a cat in this film, right? That's what I'm yeah, getting. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, but the the dog in up. I don't think it's cute because it's drawn like weird. Like it's too exaggerated, and the cat's the same sort of style. The characters in general are, are very, very cartoony and so, and it's very kind of stylized. But the cat is just like I don't find it. Cat's got to be cute, right? Make it a cute cat. It's not cute. Nah, I don't like cats. What? They're just not dogs, are they? Yeah, the cats. I mean, I, I, they're their own thing, person, though. Pointless. I, I'm a cat person, but that's because I can't keep up with the dog. Dogs are too energetic for me. I need something. Get that a sausage dog. They can't run that fast. Yeah, that's no, it. That is, yeah, but it still runs. Cats rarely do that you know yeah they're cats. just boring though aren't they no oh, yeah depends on the cat some cats are boring like people so soul uh, but yeah soul yeah. Um, <laughs> it's fun no, it's nice yeah really enjoyed it it's a very nice story very sort of um typical pixar story of being like incredibly deep for a children's film and it's yeah. got richard iowadi in it exactly mm. oh Tick. my god i didn't know that yeah yeah Oh, Neither yeah, did he's... I until I was watching it. He, he literally just pops up and I was like, that's Richard Iowardi. Wicked. Yeah. There's just something a bit like annoying about some of the, like his character, those weird little, whatever they have, the, the yeah. hell they were, geometric shape people. I just didn't like find it that very appealing. It just, you know, wasn't, wasn't uh, something a bit weird about it. Do you like Disney in general, Dan? Uh, uh, it depends, really. I really like a lot of Pixar films, though. Like, I really do like... There's plenty of Pixar films that, especially like, not so much now. They they seem a little bit like, dumb, not dumbed kind of down, blurred, but like all kind of blurred into one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The styles. They you've used got, to have a proper got, like, identity. The face has been like the same face for a good ten years now in yeah. Pixar movies. Yeah, whereas Disney movies, it's all the same now, is it? Dave, have you ever seen that thing of um, if you go back and watch the first Toy Story, 
the party scene, every kid is Andy because they just had one model that they put different <laughs> oh. clothes and slightly different hair on. But it's the exact same kid everywhere. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I think I even his that. sister is just a smaller version of Andy, the face. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, I think like I used to really look forward to Pixar films because I thought it's just a Pixar film is a sh- it's like a proper mark of quality because they never had like a dud film, and then slowly they started making sequels to things that didn't necessarily need to be made, and it, you could tell it was a financially led decision. And, and then and then Wally came out biggest dud of the lot, <laughs> which is a controversial opinion. It is a controversial opinion. Uh, I, I yeah. stand by it. It was kind of a similar thing that happened to Black Mirror. It was like, we're going to come out with three yeah. really strong episodes, whether you like it or not. They're going to have a unique concept and idea. Yeah. And then it just kind of, then it got Americanized and doubled. And I think it's declined. And I know I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. I, I think they've made better ones and they've made worse ones, but I still don't think there's a single Pixar film that I'm like, that's a bad film. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't think there is. But like with Pixar, I, I, Cars I, Two, is that Pixar? <laughs> yeah, Cars Two. Oh, I've, okay. I've not seen. Oh yeah. Of the Cars okay. Let, let's so not mention well, the Cars sequels. Go, James, <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Exactly. Cars Two, Cars Three, Planes, and Planes Fire and Rescue don't count. See, Planes oh, yeah, and I Planes Fire and Rescue. Underrated. Yeah, yeah. Are not Pixar films, so. <gasps> aren't they? No, no. They're they're uh, kind of subsidiaries of Disney or something. But they're so, not. Sure. They're not Pixar. So they're, they're not Disney. They're not Disney Animation because I know there's a lot of confusion now over what's Disney Animation and what's Pixar because everyone's like, oh, you know, Pixar. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Big Hero Six and Big Hero Six isn't Pixar. It's not Pixar, no. Pixar is just so cars, easy to tell. I think Cars man. Two is. I think Cars, cars two, two is. Cars Two is. It used to be so easy. It's like, like if it's computer animated, it's Pixar. If it's cartoon, it's Disney. Bish bash bosh sorted. So, then yeah, Moana yeah. and Tangled started fucking with it all. Yeah, 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 but you can tell because the vibe with those films is much more traditional Disney kind of family film. Whereas with Pixar, you always had like these weird kind of th- like themes that would appeal to adults, like and and would often be quite sort of like profound in a way. Like obviously, the opening section of Up was like I remember being like really affected by the op- the opening montage of Up, that just the, the way everything kind kind of came together. I kind of still am a little bit. There's that one moment in Up after like the house takes off <laughs> and his house clips like he's, he just escapes from like his little plot of land and they're all kind of like shaking the fists at him and everything and he's off on his adventure and then like the tip of his house like whacks against the television aerial and just completely obliterates the television aerial and it cuts to him and he just goes like hmm, like that and it kind of makes me like weirdly like emotional because i just think <laughs> i think he's won and he's doing this for his wife and he's got the last laugh and everything and it's just those little moments that have that in pixar films that that don't seem to happen as much anymore like in the the uh, toy story 3 the whole end of toy story 3 was just like i don't know what it was but it was like a combination of like the the music the animation was just like like perfect like the colors and the vibrancy of everything and the way everything was just designed so intricately like the, the like this little girl's house with a with her mum and just like the toys arrive and Andy arrives and it's like this kind of whole thing of he's giving away his childhood he's passing <laughs> on the torch and everything and it's like proper stuff you know proper stuff you know the kids aren't going to get that <laughs> it's like I was really worried you were going there you were like up was really great but Toy Story 3 and I thought you were about to start slating it nah, and no. I was going to have to kill you I haven't, I haven't seen Toy Story 4 actually don't waste your time 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I like, hate but... that film. Sorry, I take it back. They have made a bad film and that's it. I hate Toy Story 4 wow. with a burning, fiery passion. Wow. Because Toy Story 3 was the perfect ending. I was it rounded say, off I... all the characters so nicely. And then Toy Story 4 took a big, wet shit all over it. Maybe it's <laughs> oh, worth... I, I like the idea. Maybe it's worth... If we have a dead week this week, we just do like a Pixar episode next week. We just talk about... Like in, in depth, in I've got more a lot depth. to say about some pictures. Obviously, you've got a lot to say, yeah. and I think there's a lot to do. Because I, I always like to say one of my favourite moments in all of Pixar. It's not a particularly powerful moment. I love when uh, Dash, Dash in Incredibles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He realises he can run on water. He just has a little chuckle to himself, yeah. and yeah. then he off he goes. I, oh, so that good. whole section is just phenomenal. Yeah. See, I tell you what, because. I would love more sort of kids films to do what Toy Story 3 did, where you make a sequel years later, but you don't make it for the new generation. You make it for the kids who enjoyed that first one. And that's what I really wanted Incredibles 2 to be. And I'll be honest, a little bit disappointed in Incredibles 2. Another one I didn't I didn't see, actually. It's fine. I, it's I all it right. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's like when Incredibles it's, it's 1 good. was so good and you've made us wait yeah. that long. Yeah. It's when they started making sequels though, like that. Like I just feel like some of the magic was like, even though Toy Story three I was is like say, Toy Story yeah, two is better. No, exactly. Than first, I'd argue. But I feel like they made Toy Story three because they had a story in place mm. and they had something they they had a story they wanted to tell and there was no kind of. I, I don't feel like there's as much pressure in general to get these films made and out. Okay. Like they just did it because it was like almost like a vocation in in storytelling and in animation and. You know, you knew when you went to see a Pixar film, you were going to get something a little bit more. And now I don't get that. I just feel like that. It's always good, but it, there were, I think there were kind of issues with it here and there. And you know, you could tell there were places where perhaps perhaps Disney had come in and said, "We need this to be toned down a little bit. We need this to appeal to this demographic more." And bloody bloody blah, blah. And it's just kind of like diluting everything i might be wrong but i just feel like i feel like that's it with everything really to be honest not just pixar <laughs> just everything onward, Dan? uh no i know try onward onwards i really enjoyed onward this year yeah a, a lot of people i saw a lot of articles after onward came out that was like oh this is exactly why onwards not a very good film and i was like isn't it i thought it was great i really enjoyed onward really nice sort of like brother dynamic in there it's really really good i really enjoyed onward any other films to discuss, guys? Because we haven't any um, about it. Uh, I know you two haven't seen it, but me and Christian have both watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. Heavy recommend. Really solid. Very yeah, watchable. Yeah. Only an hour and a half. Yeah. Get it um, watched I, once. I, I watched it based on James's recommendation from last week. And I wanted to, you know, th- there was a lot of controversy, as we discussed last week, about Anthony Hopkins winning the best actor. And I was like, I want to see, I want to see Chadwick Boseman's performance. He really gives it his all throughout this film. I I went in knowing nothing. I because yes, this this wasn't a film that I knew about until it was nominated for an Oscar. Um, I hadn't heard anything about it, um, and all I knew about it was that Chadwick Boseman was in it. Um, so when I went in, it took me so long to recognize Viola Davis as <laughs> Ma Rainey. Oh, yeah. I was like, she is unrecognizable. Cool, she man. she puts on a, everyone in the film is amazing and it's like really this nice little contained it's basically a bottle episode well because i remember watching it at certain points I was like ah oh, i reckon this would be like you could do this as a really good play it was originally a play it was originally ah. a play um so because it was a play it's it's this really nice bottle episode that's all set over one day 
in a music studio and hmm. it, it, they just keep changing rooms in the music studio between the recording room um and the rehearsal room rehearsal room That's and cool. it's 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 like such a power uh, tons of powerful performances especially from viola davis and chadwick boseman was it uh the last film that he fi- that he filmed it was before yes. he dies yeah here's Let's a question see. for you now christian like obviously you know anthony hopkins did win but if it who would you have voted for for best actor um to be honest anthony hopkins did an amazing job in the father the father was a really emotional film but I would have saved giving him another Oscar until you give him sort of the like lifetime achievement mm. kind of awards. I would have either given it to Riz Ahmed or Chadwick Boseman because yeah. both of them put on a hell of a performance. Really good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm. I'm happy for Anthony Hopkins to win because he he's yeah, yeah. really he, good in the Father. He did a fantastic job. But I think my personal vote would have been with Chadwick just because watching this, it's like you said, he really gives it his all, and there's some scenes where it's like. That like you are really acting right now, whereas <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anthony Hopkins is always good throughout, and it's a really good portrayal of that um, condition. But there weren't really any scenes where I was like really feeling it. Oh, me. I don't know if this yeah. is a controversial opinion. It's definitely uh, a better performance than his other Oscar-winning role as Hannibal Lecter. I'd agree. I don't. I don't even think he's the best Hannibal Lecter. Don't know if that's a controversial opinion. He's the only one I've I, seen. That that is uh, probably quite a controversial opinion. Um, I, but I think he's quite uh, weak. Oh no 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 no! He's he's definitely no he's definitely not the worst <laughs> no, no, animal no, no, actor. No. He's he's all right. <laughs> I, I find him like too over the top. Yeah, that's the point. But to he's the point of with it. just the point yeah. of just he's like, just, it's just relishing ridiculous. in it all because uh, who, he's who, playing who, Hannibal Lecter, who's also putting on a performance because he's yeah. just enjoying toying with these people. It's because yeah. it's when you've watched Hannibal, it's just like Mads Mikkelsen's loads better. It's just one of the most like, oh my god! It's so you see, you've got to be in such a mood to watch it. It was like a like a, almost a. A bit. Of, I, can't, I can't believe I've got to watch the hour of Hannibal because it's a bit of like a so stylized and quite a bit of a tough watched. Although it's the oh man, and if there was awards for food in movies, wow, it's got to be the best presentation of food and cooking in film. It has to be. Why? It's, it's insane. Not about people. It's so good though. It, that's why. That's how good the scenes are because he's cut up. He's got like a guy's leg, but it looks so delicious. What the, way, the hell? The way he prepares. <laughs> the way he prepares these meals. He's like there's meals where he's like putting it like in clay and then cooking it in clay and then he presents it on this table. It looks amazing. Yeah, but it it's amazing. It's a amazing. human leg, man. Oh, it's it a so human leg. It, was, it wasn't a problem for Lawrence Fishburne. Looks, there's not the scenes where he's not or he's not cooking hammer. he's not cooking humans oh. every every episode allegedly you know sometimes just fish you know it's not illegal so it's fine yeah it's oh <laughs> mate you should watch some of the cooking scenes it's it's because it's mad it's mad as well he he's doing it you laugh but if you watch it you're like wow that looks really good we're sort of laughing because uh, we've we've possibly having two conversations at once here where James is just going in on Army Hammer. And no one's kind of <laughs> in the background just saying, well, it's true, isn't it? And you know what? It's not a crime. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ben's like, oh, it just looks so subtle. It's just the strangest conversation. <laughs> but yeah, I've never seen Hannibal, though. But, um, you know, it's one of the many, many TV shows that's constantly recommended. It's finished now, isn't it? 
It got, got, got cancelled, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't have a proper ending. No. Nope. It, it, not well, I've watched it. I've not watched really. It, <laughs> not bothering. I, it, I'd say it. It does. It, for me, I think it, it does end. Uh, I, I does, okay. I, I've always been. I've always been told that it doesn't have a proper ending. Oh, well, that maybe. That's it. Right. It does. I. I would argue, James, that the quality of the ending doesn't define the show, and sometimes shows are worth the watch besides of their ending. I feel like I you've, got a, you've got an overriding point that you want to make at some point <laughs> during this podcast. I seem to be making various <laughs> references. We have to get to that section first, Ben. <laughs> as much just as little teases, little breadcrumbs. to get there. <laughs> just very quickly, talking to Mads, Mads Mikkelsen, has, has anyone watched, is it Another Round? Has anyone seen that? That was one yet? that no. I said I would watch for this and I haven't watched it. Ben! <laughs> cool, well, that was a nice little conversation. I sense that we've uh, we've we've spoken our piece now about the oscars we are we are ready to let it go into the past along with all its films until next year anyway um so let's have a little chat about some more recent stuff um namely i know ben's probably looking forward to this bit the finales that have happened this week um we had invincible which i've not seen but i'm pretty sure you you guys have seen i've seen bits and bobs of it but but obviously you've watched the whole series and then we will have a little discussion on line of duty i'm interested to hear uh i'm interested to hear ben's thoughts on that for sure um but yeah first invincible what do you reckon guys was it a good series was it a good finale what do you think pretty good it is a good series it's a good finale i i'm still uh i don't know if i would fully recommend it yet to somebody that is kind of not within the superhero kind of love kind of world yet the jury's out unfortunately i got a bunch of it spoiled for me today on a podcast i listen to and it sounds mental and sounds great so hopefully down the line it'll be worth recommending um but it's it's certainly an interesting being a comics superhero fan knowing the cliches of the genre and what this show does changes up and takes a little spin on i i really enjoy um so Obviously, I've not seen this. As someone who's not seen it and is a bit confused as to what it's about, like, se- like sell it me. What is it? What is this thing? I know it's an animation and it's about superheroes. What, what's yeah. the what's the thing that kind of ma- is making it stand out See, for you? The thing is, Dan, I've got a sentence that I've wanted to say to a few people to recommend it, but the problem is, if I use this sentence, it really takes away from the first episode. So I'm trying not to say uh-huh. it to too many people. I mean, I have my suspicions because I know that the the first episode takes a turn at the end, an unexpected turn. And do you know what the turn is? Well, as far as I know, it gets incredibly violent out of nowhere. So that's what I want to say to a few people. I want to be able to say to people, if you like the boys, give this a try. But the problem is, if they're expecting stuff like that going in, you then don't get that shock factor from the first episode. Because up until that turn, it's a pretty procedural, almost cheesy... Yeah, like yeah. superhero show it's deliberately yeah. cliche oh, yeah, to yeah. lull you in to a false sense of this is quite i'm amazed amazon have made it it's so by the numbers it's not very interesting it's just it's the young it's the son of it's the son of the superman finds his powers okay very Why sky high <laughs> yeah very sky high just it's very just whatever and then it becomes its own thing and from what i've heard that happens later it's it does stuff that i've not seen it ramps it up yeah 
Interesting. Don't listen to the latest Weekly Planet, James, if you don't want to know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but there's, it's got one scene in this latest episode, Dan. I, I gasped. I my jaw dropped a bit. Oh, in really? The, in this epic, violent scene that was brilliant, uh, involving an underground train. Yeah. It was I, fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I don't care. I'll just tell you, Dan, because I might cut this bit. There's a I bit. Like... There's a bit where the the lead character behind Christian, he. He is some somebody has grabbed his head. For aud- just before you go in for audio listeners, as <laughs> the custodian of the audio <laughs> podcast, uh, Christian's virtual background is a character uh, from Invincible. It's just invincible. to avoid it is confusion. Invincible. Yeah, it is invincible. It's invincible himself. Invincible. He is invincible, but not really. Um, some somebody's grabbed his head, and it's like, oh, oh if you're so willing to like, to, you, if you're so wanting to save people, how about this? And he. And he stands. He, they stand still as a moving underground train comes towards them, and they just like go through a moving train, and it's just blood and guts everywhere. It, it's like amazing. Like flies on a windshield. I, type, I, I was, like, yeah. was going to say it yeah. slows down, and it sh- it slows down slightly and shows you people getting cut into pieces and just splattering off Invincible's face, yeah. and the entire train is just destroyed, and everyone in it is mulched. Yeah. It's Lovely. super intense. It's amazing. It's the violence is really well done. Um, I, I I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of. I feel like kind of comic animation is kind of where superheroes can thrive. I think a bit more than live action sometimes. Yeah, my I just my thing is it's hard to do impressive action in animation. It's possible, but I think it's harder. Like some things look more spectacular when they're in live action, but Invincible isn't like that. Like Invincible does stuff that it would be hard, too hard to do in live action, so it's worth doing it in animation, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, the scale is there, so it makes sense. Yeah, a, a, another great thing about Invincible that really sort of um, backs it up is the incredible voice cast throughout the series. It's an absolute who's who. It's, yeah, we got J, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who else? Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's in Mark Hamill. Herschel um, Ali. Oh yeah. wow! I think that might have been my favorite episode. Uh, yeah, Sandra yeah, yeah. Zachary Quinto, Killian Eve, Seth Rogen, Killian Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the show. I'll be honest. Particularly by the end, I wasn't blown away by it, and I've I've mentioned this to you guys off camera, I think. And I think for me, maybe part of the issue was in that there's this mystery sort of running through for the characters that isn't a mystery for the audience. So when characters are investigating it and discovering stuff, I'm like. It, I wasn't as interested or gripped by it because it's like, well, they're just I, being I, caught up to what we know, so I didn't like find it as I, gripping. Reverse, like reverse dramatic irony, that, well, isn't it? The, I wonder, is there a term for that? Because dramatic irony is where like the the audience knows something, but the characters don't. But so you're saying, you, but you're saying, the characters wait. No, so no. we know the. It's like if you did a Who yeah. Done It, so and you're watching okay. them. You already know who the killer is, and you're watching them discover who the killer so, is. Yeah, yeah. So it is dramatic yeah. irony, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, cool. So, but it's still sort of presented as a mystery, so it just it, well, it wasn't as... I wasn't as invested in certain bits. There, like there's, there's two layers to the mystery, and of course the characters are trying to figure out both layers. They're trying to figure out who and why. We know the who straight away. But yeah, they I'd do keep they... us hanging on the why. 
Yeah, they dog they they figure out the who quite early on. It's more about the why. Yeah. And then you and then you then you're following the 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 killer, trying to maneuver around it and stuff. So I don't know if I yeah. fully agree, but the good thing is though we've moved past that now and we can kind yeah. of get on with it, um, which is a positive. But I do I do enjoy the show. I find it I do find it quite. Watchable. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they've they've set up some interesting stuff to to sort of bounce off of because I like that the beginning of this final episode was sort of an all-out fight closing off why what happened in episode one happened and why all this stuff has gone on and then the end of the episode like you know that that storyline sort of doesn't resolve itself but it stops at that point and then the rest of the episode is setting up what's next for invincible what's going to happen until this storyline can resume I also love for a character who's called Invincible, he gets the shit kicked out of him in almost every episode. Every single episode. <laughs> That's good, though, because, yeah, you, you run into the Superman problem. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. in, in the eight-episode run of season one, I'm pretty sure he wakes up in hospital twice. <laughs> <laughs> do we have any strange superpowers in this? Do they do anything weird with the powers, or is it pretty traditional? I loved... It's all pretty standard. There's one that I loved, though, where it's a girl who she can turn into like the hulk basically every time she does she gets younger as a human form she gets so she younger can only, about a week yeah so she can only use her powers a limited amount of times because eventually she's kind of benjamin button in herself oh and my she'll god get that's an interesting younger. one it's a real I, curse it's yeah. it is interesting but i from and off the top of my head i don't really remember there ever being a time she's like oh i should help but i won't i feel like there's a couple times even after she says that she just turns into the monster for like a, sit, a very simple training exercise or just to intimidate and then turns back. It's like, you didn't really do much with that. So could she be like an old woman and then turn into the Hulk and like get by herself an extra 70 years or whatever if she stayed as this Hulk well, she thing? Got, she got, she could do, yeah, but she got her powers in like her 20s and didn't realise until she was getting so she, younger. So she's like 27, I think she says, around that at one point, but she looks like 13, 14. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, does right. one... She she refers to herself as Monster Girl because and she even makes that joke. She's like, I was calling myself Monster Woman, but it kind of got a bit weird to explain after a while. There's one dynamic Dan that's great. It's this like blue guy who's always got a clone. Yeah, I was just with about him. to mention that. So it's always this pair of clones, but because they always like clone. They, he always clones himself and then puts his memories into the clone. There's uh-huh. this constant dynamic of. Oh, I'm the real one. You're the clone, and <laughs> like, you never know the who the actual one? clone yeah. is. That's, that's a cow pill. That's a cow pill can inject that, isn't it? Yeah. How would I know which one's me? They explain that they do it deliberately because if one of them knew that they were the clone, they would it. You know, it would ruin them. It would ruin the dynamic between the two. Whereas ah. if both of them think that they're the original, it means that. They're they're both on the same page, and not knowing who the clone makes things easier. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Moving the hell on. <laughs> Are we finished with this conversation, guys? Do we have anything uh, more to say about Invincible? Watch uh, it. I'm really intrigued by it, to Look be honest with to you. The second season. Second and third season. Renewed yeah, for yeah. They've renewed it for two seasons, so hopefully they don't run it into the ground like The Walking Dead. Hmm. Well, they probably will, won't they? Let's face it. Anyway, on to our next talking point. It's the moment Ben's been waiting for. He gets to talk about Line of Duty and his thoughts towards that. I understand, Ben, that the finale didn't quite hit all the right marks for 
a lot of people. What do you think of that? A lot of people were freaking out about it, man. Their precious little show was like... I was surprised at how many people in my in this circle didn't know it, it like was a show. <laughs> it's like a behemoth in, in Britain. It's true. The BB, it's like a bastion in the BBC for the past like three or four years. Well, it, that I, is true. I heard about it for the first time two weeks ago. Because <laughs> you've got a vendetta against heard of the it. BBC. What? No, you, hadn't I, he- you hadn't even heard I, of it? I, I had never heard of this show until two weeks ago. That's mental. That is mental. That is mental. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the kind of show that I suppose, like, it's it, if you don't, um, if you don't kind of keep on the lookout for those sort of shows, like BBC's, like flagship dramas, etc., and all that terrestrial TV kind of stuff, it, it, it's potential. And you're not on Twitter either, and it's got obviously got a big Twitter following. People love talking about this thing on Twitter, as Ben will probably mention. Um, yeah, it's probably easy to kind of let. let pass you by um but yeah it's like a major show right a, a, a lot of bbc stuff tends to pass me by because i don't really watch well i don't watch the bbc um and because i don't watch the bbc a lot of their stuff is advertised pretty much exclusively on the bbc have you ever gone into why you don't watch the bbc christian properly i just don't i i, I don't know i just don't <laughs> okay. the last things I watched live as they happened on the BBC was Ashes to Ashes and like the second episode of Matt Smith's Doctor Who that was kind of when I fell off Doctor Who and haven't watched since wow. guy, this guy is going to tell us he doesn't even watch Strictly in a minute <laughs> that's ITV oh, you know what guys you know what I mean so Strictly. The Voice or whatever's on. The voice. on that's on ITV voice. now isn't it RuPaul's I thought Strictly UK was on ITV Drag that terrible game show with Danny Strictly's Dyer Strictly's BBC innit no it's not with Danny Dyer it's, it's one where like they basically just stand on a stage and try to catch balls for an hour and it's like <laughs> what is, is that going gold, on is that golden balls I don't oh know. match of the day <laughs> James, yes. it must be a nightmare in like the offices that have to come up with new game shows because it's like what's not being done at this point there are only so many ways you can format they come on and they answer questions to win money talking of game shows you're missing out christian the double bill the classic double bill my mum is a big fan of this tipping point well i love tipping point followed by the chase i mean what what do you want two classics right there tipping point (laughs) i don't know how they've got away with it What do it's, you mean? It's like, have you ever seen it, man? Tipping point. You know those two P machines in our face? Oh, is, is that but big, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's, the, yeah. that's the show. They've made a game shot of the two P machines. That's the show. But it's weirdly watchable. It's not even skill-based. That's what upsets me about tipping point. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could not. go on... There's, there's so many like game shows now that I could just go on a rant about how just completely random they are. I am 100% genuinely, this isn't a bit I'm doing, I am genuinely convinced that I could go on catchphrase and win the £50,000. Really? I'm, like, I'm, I'm so confident in my catchphrase ability. I'm That's really amazing. good at it. That is amazing. Oh. I I've never seen catchphrase. So. Oh, for God's sake. It's great. Absolutely. You know, catchphrase classic not the latest one with that Stephen Mulhern guy back in the day it was presented by Roy Walker a nice Irish fellow absolute classic British game show catchphrase I've always been terrible at it though really really bad I just blank it's like I don't know 
I don't know. Just say what you see, Dan. Just say what you see. Yeah, I know. They keep saying that, and I'm like, <laughs> I know the rules. I know that's what you meant to do. I don't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blind. Yeah. But yeah, the chase is great, though, man. They they hit right. like they hit. Bi- nah, come on now. They, that is a good idea. <laughs> like the whole idea of the chase is pretty good. Like they've got the the, the five or six chasers, and it's like the team against the chasers and the way it's done and it's just great it's just the, great the chase well is fine it is whatever what i find really bizarre is celebrity chase when it's <laughs> then the chaser's jobs to prevent them winning money for charity yeah that's always a bit bad isn't it <laughs> and it's like oh you lost out on 50 grand by one second oh that's a shame and like the chase is like that money mm, for yeah. ourselves. Uh-huh. <laughs> well that, that that's the thing like whenever i have seen episodes of the chase I always find that sometimes the chasers are told when they're allowed to let people win money. Oh, conspiracy. Because there, there's some episodes where you'll see them and they'll be sat there and they'll come out for that final chase and the contestants will have got like 22 questions, right? They've got a massive lead on the chaser and they'll just slam out the answers in two minutes get everything correct and absolutely des- just just send them home with nothing and then there's sometimes where you'll have like two people who get who, who've managed to get like a total sum of eight grand and they'll get 11 questions right for the final chase and you're like oh well the chase is going to decimate them in seconds and it'll be like oh and and what's this that that you know they'll ask the chaser a question and the chaser will be like uh uh uh, and it's like you're deliberately stalling for time yeah, you know, I know the answer mean. i know what you mean yeah <laughs> it's all about the drama though isn't it it's all about the drama talking of drama though we're meant to be talking about oh, yeah. duty. we are meant to be talking about line of duty we went on a huge tangent and we ben did, still we got did. a sellers on line I of duty i forgot we'd already segued into that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go on ben what was what was wrong with the finale then what happened was kind of what i was expecting because the show had done this thing where they had presented that the the main this kind of villain uh, that was orchestrating these events with the with the with the criminals and these corrupt police, code name H or H, however you say the letter H. H. I believe the writer had written himself into a corner, right, and gone, oh god, I don't actually know who it is, and he then because then in the show they changed it to being the fourth man. It's now because there was nobody else left. I was like, ah, because you've, yeah, you've written yourself into a corner because there is no H, because you're going to have it be Hastings and it's not Hastings. You're going to be Hilton, it's not Hilton. And there was, like, nobody else left in the show. And <laughs> so when it was revealed that it was Buckles, who was kind of in the show, was this kind of, like, doddery, idiot, kind of d- didn't care about the job. People, I think, didn't like that, that he was the mastermind. I didn't mind it because it's not a set, it's not like he was the mastermind. He was just the only one left in the show, and the show had said that because it they had got everybody else. He was just the last one left. He wasn't this criminal mastermind. He was just getting setting up these other like enterprises and stuff. And I think as well, my problem with it was that like it was just lackluster in how it was done. So the show like a real strong point in line of duty is the interview scenes, right? Well, they spend like. 30 minutes interviewing somebody and it's like really well written and it's like really technical but in the show it was like maybe five to ten minutes and he didn't put up much of a fight yeah and then they just kind of got him and then they were like right and then the show kind of 
wrapped everything up. I yeah. personally think um, what they've done is that they've the writer the writer's gone. I've got to get out of this. I've written myself into this corner of this mystery man. I've got to get out of this. And then we can actually try to stop the actual corrupt police officers who is like the chief constable is corrupt. We know that he's corrupt. And I think they've got away with this now to actually carry on with the real threats. And right. that's why it feels like it's the ending of the show. Because in the show, they've got all the pictures of all the main past leads, people who've died and stuff on a board. And they took them all down and put them in a box, kind of like the show's ending. Right, okay. And I think they've just got got away from this they kind of tried to hit the reset button yeah and they tr- they've just he's gone down he's, instead of going left he's ended up going right off road he's gone oh my god i need to go back left because the road's <laughs> over here and we need to take down the chief constable and we need to you know i think that's where we're going to go now i don't think it's the end of the show i just think he wrote himself into a corner and tried to write himself out of it and no. the only way he could have made it interesting was to have this character because he was the only one left and it would feel like it was set up because other characters have come in and come out and stuff, so sure. It, I think I think it was the best of kind of a a muddled situation. Yeah. And then, but I think people have just lost their minds. It's just kind of like it's really not as bad as Game of Thrones. It was one questionable final thirty minutes compared to a whole few seasons of Game of Thrones. You know, it's still a good sh- up until that last episode. It was a good show, but especially the last two episodes are really good. Yeah. It was the one one villain. Um, gets killed and I was really annoyed because he never got an interview because I would have loved because his character kind of knew a lot I would have loved if he got a big interview and he yeah, it didn't it wasn't meant to be but it's uh, it, it is a good show I do recommend the show and I don't think it'll end because it, ha- it had the most views since like records began for a season finale so it's not going to end is it yeah it had yeah, yeah. Um, it had uh, something like 12 0.5 million views which in the post streaming kind of iPlayer age is unprecedented it's a huge amount of people uh, yeah I, I i saw that because i saw loads of people calling it the series finale and i was like as in the finale of the whole series and the, you know people online are like oh i can't believe line of duty's ended and i was like but it got the highest the highest viewed season finale. well it got the highest viewed episode of like anything since records began mm. They are absolutely going to do a seventh season. And the, the writer has, if the writers say, yeah, this is the end, they would have said, and they would have marketed it as the final season. Yeah. They would have yeah. said, so, and they haven't said that. And they said, <laughs> oh, we might do it. I'll see how it goes. I think they've just gone, let's see how, how I feel in a year <laughs> or so, how the reaction goes. I think they definitely keep going because there's money to be made. I, was, I, mean, I was there's, say, there's, if, there's people, if, there's, but. The story isn't over. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's not going to end. <laughs> it, I was going to say, if there's, if there's story and scope to continue, you always continue. I mean, there's shows before now where you've seen them sort of end at like... I, I've seen shows end at like season six and fans have been like, oh, but you could carry it on. And the writer's been like, no, my intention was always to go to season six and stop. So it stopped. But if, if you've not got an end game, then and there's still more to be explored, then carry on. James' ears pricked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have a hunch, though, about, like, Line of Duty in that, like, obviously, I've not seen any of the previous series, but from what I remember hearing... It's wild speculation. This is just (laughs) baseless speculation. No, (laughs) from, from what Ben's kind of alluded to and what I've heard, sort of, in the past from various people um series kind of one series two the early years were very much sort of police procedural lots of kind of 
time in the interview room, very technical, very dramatic, very slow paced, you know, and tightly written. And, you know, that was its main kind of thing. That was, It's like something new for the BBC. It's actually this intellectual, quite like sort of cerebral kind of thing. And as time's gone on, what are we up to now, season six? It's kind of like lost that identity, as a lot of things do, as Game of Thrones did. Um, as many, many things do, it's kind of become a bit of a parody of itself. It's mm. become sort of, it seems to have become quite mainstream. Yeah, I was going to say, it's become popular. <laughs> it's become popular, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's still kind of a good quality show, but it's got, like, a bunch of people to please now, and it's, I don't know, you've got all these theories on Twitter and, you know, internet fan theories and stuff, and it's one of those where, like, there's just so many theories no one's ever going to be satisfied, and it's just become this big thing that's sort of just, you know... Aware I've, of itself and I'm, its I'm hype. Very interested to see what they do with the next season after this finale got such a sort of backlash. Whether they'll really try and pull back from anything like that. I think I think that's what the show's done. It really has. They've took all literally all the names off the board, and there really is like one the villain, the main villain is left is the chief constable. So just go after the chief constable. One, two seasons max. Go out. Yeah. And you, then you change the, you get out the corrupt police out of the police force. I can see how they could do that. I can see yeah. how they could do that. It's really simple. We're going after the chief constable. Boom, we're going to do yeah. it. Get Carmichael on side, like I was saying oh, the other yeah. day. She'd be such a good asset if they can get her on side. The really passive aggressive woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, it fell subject as well, James. I, I um, the show this season particularly was the most kind of mystery fan, fan theory based season of the lot. So they, I did fall into a bit of a one division like because um, they so I'm a big James Nesbitt fan, uh, the actor James Nesbitt, and they he popped up in the show in photographs for the first time, and Dan's watched me over the weeks going right when's James Nesbitt going to show up? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they and he dies like off camera, and I was like. Well, he's not dead, is he? And the fan theory was like, cause you see it through head cams of Spanish uh, military and head cams. Night vision. And the, night vision, yeah. And the fan theory is that oh, you, James Nesbitt is one of the guys in the military because there's some dude's eyes look a bit like James Nesbitt. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 James Nesbitt's alive. And it's like, <laughs> no, I think he is just like He's dead. the big finale cameo. Yeah, I, so I'm still clinging on to hope that Nesbitt's alive because I would really like him to be in the show. But... Maybe another thing that altered this season as well and possibly the path path of the plot is the whole pandemic situation maybe they're just kind of like in a bit of a holding pattern and they're thinking yeah we'll come back next year we'll have a think we'll bring yeah. back james nesbitt we'll bring back alessa thorne from game of thrones who plays the chief constable uh and we'll just go all in and just proper wrap it up because it did feel even as someone who's not someone who's watched these i am intrigued and i do kind of want to watch them but someone who's not watched these i did feel an anticlimax it was kind of like is that is that it? Like, I feel like there's a long, a long way to go. Much more story to tell, kind of thing. I, I you know, feel, I feel like that's been a running theme with a lot of like recent uh, online. I, 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 well, especially online reactions to series finale. Yeah, series finales have been happening over the lockdown, and I feel like every time a series finale happens, I go online and all I see is fans being like wasn't as good as the rest of the show was it wasn't what i expected exactly it's like, why everyone's got such a high expectation of series finales now yeah because we all get together and discuss our theories you know and we all make our podcasts <laughs> 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 where we discuss like 
is it Mephisto or is it uh, the chief constable or is it blah 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 and then like the writers have already written this thing man and it's like nah it's not it's not it's just something much more simple and yeah it's we, we always run the risk of being disappointed we usually are anyway shall we talk about uh, the bad batch or shall we talk about the marvel trailer we can go either direction i reckon maybe the bad batch we'll do bad batch first let's do bad batch first so the bad batch is uh Disney Plus's new Star Wars thing. It's an animation spin-off of the Clone Wars, right? Yeah. About a bunch of malfunctioned clones uh, who are a bit deviant. They're not dis- they're not <laughs> deviant clones. Okay, who are um, a bit like the eighteen. They're dysfunctional. They're not defective. Dysfunctional, deviant, no, defective. That's, that's I think they make a point in this one where someone calls them dysfunctional or defect. Someone calls them defective they're clones, defective. and one of them's like, "Oh, we're deviant. We're not really dysfunctional." Is that right? Interesting that oh, they, he God would man. say, actually, I'm a deviant. I think it's more the fact of it saying, like, because clones are supposed to be this exact carbon copy and they aren't. So the people who tried to make them an exact carbon copy are like, well, there's something wrong with you. And they're like, we're not wrong. We're just different. You guys are obviously fans of the uh, the Clone Wars kind of animated um, cartoon. It's not really a cartoon. Animation. Yeah, animation. Uh, animated show i've not really seen any of it kind of passed me by you guys rave it a rave about it saying it's like a legitimate star wars thing it's had like it's had references in the mandalorian uh that people have been very excited about i'd call them a bit more than references but <laughs> you know there's entire characters from the there's entire characters <laughs> yeah that, oh yeah it's <laughs> not a reference flies under the radar oh yeah <laughs> um, so it's pretty influential for Star Wars fans, Clone Wars. Um, so this is its latest iteration, The Bad Batch. What did you guys think? What did you think, Dan? What did I think? Listen, right, I wasn't... I was kind of half watching it. I watched the first five, ten minutes. It's not like you. Maybe I should have given it more attention. But I don't know. It's There's something about that era of Star Wars. There's something about Star Wars in general really, for me, personally. I'm just kind of done with it. I like The Mandalorian because it's a bit different and it's not quite Star Wars enough for me to be like, oh, more Star Wars. It's interesting. And when it is Star Wars, it's kind of cool. Like when Luke's turn- turned up and what have you and when Boba Fett turned up, it's kind of cool. With The Clone Wars, it's just proper, like, it's just prequel imagery. It's just the clones. Again, this one guy, everyone's got the same face and I don't really get it. I don't really want to get it. And it's like, Order 66 again. I Emperor Palpatine disagree. again. You know, obviously, you guys disagree with me. I can tell you disagree with me. I can tell you all liked it quite a bit. I don't disagree, Dan. I don't disagree. I, I'm literally the complete opposite of Dan, where I love this era of Star Wars because it's the first, like, the prequels were the first ones I watched. So that's what, like, really, I like the Jedi. So I love returning to this period of time. I was I'm curious I was curious about the show because um I like I what I want to, hopefully uh, we'll see more is the changeover of the republic to the empire because mm. while yes that this kind of is kind of been mind hollow especially the original trilogy it's been mind hollow that's a strange little gray area that I don't think's particularly been touched upon and I liked watching the scenes of uh, Tarkin coming in Taking up the clones, yeah. going. Uh, I'm probably going to bin these off because they're not because they're more expensive because they're expensive, and we're going to have a, just a conscription force. Yeah, I like the explanation of why they do that. 
And the I, only thing that felt a bit hokey with that was literally, so this is what, hours, maybe yeah, a day yeah, afterwards. No, I was thinking more of the fact that it's like days or hours afterwards and Saul Guerrero's already going, oh, we're now in the Galactic Civil War. Yeah. It's not even started. Why are you already referring it's, it's to it It's lazy that? writing to refer to the rebellion. I'm it's also kind of sick of seeing Saul Guerrero by now. Yeah. And I, I, didn't, I didn't like the fact that, like you say, hours, eight, hours later, he's in full Imperial Grand Admiral mm. Tarkin garb. I was like, <laughs> okay. They've got the new costume for the new, for the, for the new war. I, th- I think they just took the skin from Rebels and just put it in that show because they've already yeah, animated probably. him. They use the assets. Um, I thought it was a solid solid start. I thought I thought it was a bit too long. I was a bit like, oh, God. I, I did think that. How long was it, oh, Ben? It, it seemed to be on for ages. It was uh, like over an hour yeah, yeah. of when these animated shows are 20 minutes max. And I was like, oh, I feel it, man. But I, I, was, <laughs> I was making notes through it. And uh, my first note was, felt kind of good to hear that intro narration voice again. I was like, oh, it's cool. We're back. Yeah, We're back clone, in the Clone Wars. Yeah. And then my yeah, second yeah. note was, in all caps, it's Kane and freaking Jarrus. Yeah, that was cool. It was cool that Freddie Prince oh. came back. We can't seem to escape Scooby-Doo these days. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Fred, Fred showed up. I oh, thought as a, as, a, so as, happy. A, as a kind of neutral viewer, somebody who's not familiar with Clone Wars, the, 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 the little kid who Freddie Prince Jr. voiced, right? How jarring was that? Like, I'm sorry, but the guy sounded like a 50-year-old man. <laughs> and the the character who's voicing how, was he like a twelve year old? Yeah, I he had the deepest, well. most adult male voice. It was, it, it was a little bit like they, they he clearly tried to put on a young kid voice. It wasn't quite <laughs> there, but it, it's a thing of like this character is such a big thing, and Freddie Prince Jr. playing him is such a big thing. Yeah. If they'd dared try to let anyone else play, and the fans would have been up in arms. But yeah, a little bit jarring. <laughs> the one thing I will say though, the animation looked pretty decent. Looked really good. It's it's certainly like, really the action good. looks good even though it's animated it's, it's really yeah. improved especially as the show has evolved in the Clone Wars it, it did look really good and that's like Rebels they changed the style up to make it more kind of kid friendly and more like softer mm. and I, did, I don't I don't like that style I think I think it was more like budgetary reasons and maybe to differentiate it but I really like this style in the Clone Wars I thought it was a solid start I thought I found the kid really annoying and I can't believe this kid's going to stick around uh, for the whole yeah. show now that's not going to go away um, kids in Star Wars work fine, right? A, a grizzled guy in armor taking care of a kid through space. I wonder where they got that idea from. Yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, like, and like you know, I, I'm I'm kind of curious by the Last of Us show, but Pedro Pascal being Joel looking after a little kid again, <laughs> mate. Come on. Best thing about the Clone Wars to me was the clones. So I I liked the idea of the show. I liked the characters. I thought the whole crosshair thing was um really interesting and how he's kind of turned evil now that because i was watching it going the first 20 minutes going like uh i don't know how dramatically interesting this is going to be because how are they are any of them going to get killed it'd be quite interesting to see um so possibly um i thought it was a decent start and i hope there's a bit more of this whole uh rebellion republic changeover mm. and can we get rid of Saul Guerrero as well i'm yeah. kind of a bit done with that as well Again, it's shrinking the universe. We can't have everyone in every show hang out together. Like, I swear to God, if they hang out with Ahsoka, and they will, it's like, oh, mate, you can't meet everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, ah- Ahsoka... I mean, I love Ahsoka, so I'd be okay if she turned up, but I think it might make more sense if they do, like, Rex, because then it's clone yeah. and clone kind of thing, and they've yeah, already yeah. met him. The bit when they're in the training exercise and, like... Hunter gives all the hand signals and stuff like that. And Wrecker's like, what? Oh, I hate hand signals. And she goes, 
just gives him a big <laughs> yeah. thumbs up. Wrecker's yeah, great in this episode. I'm yeah, a huge. I've really enjoyed a lot of his stuff. There's a great scene where they have a like a food fight with the regular clones in the in the lunch hall. That's really good. And yeah. how strange how the I uh, don't really like how I, I think it's out of character for regular. I guess because they they've kind of been changed a bit. How the regular clones think them as secondary. And they are seen as separate in their little mini society. They sit on their own. They're not. Think, they are treated different. Bad batch, though. I don't like the idea though that they are shunned upon. They because they get they get nicknamed the sad batch, and I, I just don't think that's it. Like Rex wouldn't do that, but he is no, a clone. Rex wouldn't, but that's the point that he's better. But all of the all of those main characters from the Clone Wars, Domino Squad, Echo and his mates, they wouldn't do that, and they're all the same person. Yeah, but like I think like that's what the Clone Wars kind of does is it makes a point of although they are the same, they do have like slight differences in personality. I think I think this show's fine. I just think it kinda lacks that it's just not it's just not that special. At least with the Clone Wars it was doing like, Oh, we're kinda gonna dive into this and it's just like a second spin off, isn't it? And it's like eh. Yeah. I don't know, I'm excited. I like the characters, I enjoy what they do. The action was good in this, so I'm looking forward to see what they go forward in this. Yeah. Just... I, just, I think it's I want to like this burn. <laughs> I did like it I did like it I just disagree with like what they're doing with Star Wars like I didn't say it was bad at all I just disagree I just disagree with like just yeah. mining it for everything it's got nah milk it dry why why would you want that because then I get more because co- then I get more Star Wars content then it's I like not, Star Wars then it's not special and then it, it you get more of it but doesn't mean it's good more doesn't mean best no, but like, if it's good, why would you not want it? But it's like it's it's fine. Why you know why not? Why make five mediocre shows when you can make one amazing iconic thing? It's sort of like to kind of bring it into a bit of a metaphor. It's sort of like imagine like a chocolate cake, you know, and it's all right. It's a bit dry. Maybe it's like a few days past its sell by date or whatever. You got the full thing though, full cake, you know. A big cake. Or you've got a nice, rich, beautifully crafted, maybe it's got some lint balls on it, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just proper handcrafted, lovely, lovely bit of, lovely slice of chocolate cake. What are you going to go for? I told you before we started, I don't like chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> you've missed my point, but okay. <laughs> Serious question. Dan, what the fuck are you on about? That's easy. That's easy. That was a great metaphor. That was a yeah, great metaphor. He's on about would you like a full cake, but it's a, a stale, dry, horrible, spongy mess, or would you like a slice of a cake that's like rich, spongy, decent chocolate cake with the best possible good. chocolate icing on it? I think it's all good though. I, I've I've not hated any Star Wars content that's been put out. You'd eat both slices, wouldn't you? <laughs> Greedy boy. <laughs> Give me more. What's, what's uh, that kid, Bruce Bog, trying to do? You lick the plate. I would. James and Star Wars in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about dry chocolate cakes that have long passed their sell by date, a new Marvel trailer came out the other day. How dare you! <laughs> I'm joking. Nasty that, Daniel. Nasty. I'm joking. This isn't is a, is a dry chocolate cake. We, we've just had ten years, and after ten years, we finished our first chocolate cake, and now we're moving on to our second chocolate cake. And and someone is someone is getting your head 
and just slamming it into the cake again and again and just going, just eat it. And you're eating it. You are eating and it. And I'm loving every bite. <laughs> but yeah, man, some cool, stu- cool stuff in this trailer. Like, so, you know, we got a bit of a look back over all the films so far and blah, 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 whatever. But got some new stuff. We see our first Eternals footage. Looks pretty good. Pretty interesting. I, I watched a video, like, sort of going through Eternals and the characters. I didn't actually realise they're kind of like an X-Men in that they've all got different abilities and stuff like this. I thought they were all just going to be sort of, I am God, I have strength. I think this film could actually be something a bit more it's a, interesting. It's got a little something. It's got yeah. a little something there. It's the one, it's the, it's the one thing that. that I saw in that trailer, which was, you know, I joke about Marvel being a bit rubbish, <laughs> but it was a pretty good trailer. It was a good trailer. Um, there was a lot of stuff in it. But Eternals kind of was the one thing I was thinking, oh, what's that? What is that? You know, it seems intriguing. There's a lot of big names in there. It seems like a slightly different aesthetic to what we're used to with Marvel. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah, They are, like, godlike, though, are they not? Yeah, 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 no, they are. But I thought it was going to be that they were all just a generic sort of boilerplate. They were the same, but I didn't realize, like, uh, so you've got a speedster who's deaf. You've got, like, a healer, someone who can create any weapon that she can imagine, stuff like this. Like, they do have different right. abilities, so you've got can some variation in there. if they're gods? I don't think they're gods. I think they're just, like, ancient beings. I think they can be killed, yeah. I'm pretty well, sure they, they are. Well, they, the so. they are the Eternals, and for comic reference, at one point, one of the members of the Eternals was Thanos, so... I think it's already been confirmed that he. Right. Like, we are going to see a young Thanos in this. Yes. Young Thanos. So is this set? Uh, is is this some flashbacks, or is it set previously to? I, I think the main storyline will be set modern day, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe even at the start, or we we either, we'll get flashbacks, or the start will just to be a bit of a montage of them through the ages. Because cool. there's a thing of one of them is like their tech guy, and he's got all the super high tech stuff, and he's then been the one who's given stuff to humanity to sort of advance. I really like that whole idea because Halo had that in it actually the <laughs> Halo games had that that idea of like a super advanced like human civilization and ancient basically ancient alien technology being handed down and discovered yeah, yeah. and stuff but uh, what else did we have in there? Uh, so um, like the other really the only other two big things that we got from it were a reveal that the Black Panther sequel is going to be called Wakanda Forever and that the Captain Marvel sequel is just called The Marvels with the logo essentially confirming that it is going to be Brie Larson's character, at with, along with Monica Rambeau and Miss Marvel. Was, wasn't there some sort of Fantastic Four like reference? We just or... see the logo again. It we was a logo. logo. So they're, they're still teasing. They're still teasing that film. We're, Nothing we're official getting... has come out. No, no, no. We're, we're, that, that, out of all of the films that they showed in that trailer, it was the only one that didn't have a date. Yeah. So it, it's still very much a we are working on the Fantastic Four, but we are not very far into working on it. Yeah. It's been if assigned it's, a director, but I think that's it. If the if the cast of Voice Sonny isn't the cast, <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> what is the point? Now, it, it's it's fine now that Chris Evans has finished as Captain America. They're going to bring him back as Johnny Storm again. I'd rate it. <laughs> I'd, I'd rate the dullness of it. Can you imagine how confused people would be? <laughs> It'd be insane. I have a question for James, but obviously, guys, um, you chip in if you've got any theories. But James, as the kind of Marvel expert, if you will, um, 
where is the Marvel Universe going? What is going on? What are they building up to this time? Like, mm. how are they going to top Endgame, etc., Infinity War and all that? Who's the big bad going to be? Gonna What's be the? Dr- where's the dramatic tension coming be from? They're building to but Secret, Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion's only a TV show at the moment. So I don't know if that's going to be the next... Sort be of Secret War. Infinity yes, saga. it'll be Secret War. Be. They'll they'll be leading to that. I so we've got Secret of... War and Secret Invasion. Two separate Secret things. In, Se- Secret War follows Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion was a storyline where they figured out that a bunch of the Skrull who we've seen in Captain Marvel oh, yeah. have secretly... Uh, yeah, the shapeshifters have secretly been implementing themselves into human society to the point where some of the heroes that we've come to know and love weren't the actual heroes they were the scrolls in disguise like mad eye moody yes yeah. exactly like mad eye moody literally that <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's like basically they've imp- they've infiltrated human society and managed to work their way into positions of power hmm. so that they control human society and that's when they figure out that there's base it, it's called secret invasion because the entire planet was invaded and no one noticed for a while <laughs> Interesting. That is interesting, but I don't know if it's interesting enough. <laughs> well, that's why they've relegated it to a Disney Plus TV show starring Nick Fury. <laughs> Essentially, what 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 you need though is a big, muscly man or woman to get in a big fight, flying above a sea, and being shot at with beams and stuff. Well, you need you a know, big blue sky beam. That, that's it. We've got this tease of Mephisto. He could be the big bad. He has potential. The Fantastic Four could bring in Galactus, the Planet Eater. Potential. So uh, many characters. Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. We already know that Kang the Conqueror is the bad guy for that. Good lad. He's got Good some lad. potential. <laughs> you know why there's... isn't it crying? Why not bring in? <laughs> Imagine that'd be so good. That would be good. Because oh. the turtles are DC, Ben. They're not Marvel. Oh, they can be whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> turtles, mate. All right, guys. That's going to be it for the podcast today. I think it's been a good one. It's been a long one. Hey, we've talked about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Another big old bumper episode. Uh, consider pressing the subscribe button and pressing the little bell icon. And then getting notifications of every single one of our videos. We've got some good stuff in the pipeline. We've got some new timers or trash coming up. We've got some new uh, shorter, shorter videos. We've got I've Never Seen, which is our new uh, feature coming up. I think that's we the watch. first time we've mentioned the title, uh, yeah. that, isn't it? I, I, it? I think that's the first title drop. Yeah. Is it really? Well, Exclusive for anyone who's made it this far into the podcast. There's a little treat for the, I don't know, the one person probably Derek <laughs> hello Derek I imagine you're still here probably just Carl. for Derek and Ben's we, dad we we, are, we appreciate Derek and David Pye for sticking <laughs> through, sticking with us to the end of this podcast and of course all, all our fans in Brussels and in Ohio <laughs> we thank you for listening up to this point if you're watching dad how was Night of the Comet if you watched it there you go. Oh, that's cute. That. Hello, Ben Stud. Hello, Ben Stud. <laughs>
Uh, I'm going to go off script a bit here. Maybe we'll cut this. Maybe we'll oh, not. What we'll is about to happen? He's just going to go back in and berate the audience for not watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again. <laughs> go watch the turtles with you. <laughs> go watch Mortal Kombat. No. I was just going to suggest something. Uh, if anyone in the comments, you know, if people have got this far, put a little question down in the comments. Anything at all. I'm pretty sure you won't get anything, but if you have any pressing questions, you know, that you would like us to answer, it doesn't even have to be film related. It can be Christian's beard related, what kind of products <laughs> did he use, etc., etc. Um, you know, anything really. Stick them down in the comments. This could backfire and no one will put anything in the comments, but it's worth a try. And uh, we'll answer My dad one will, the... won't you, Dad? Cheers. There we go. Ben said again. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and we'll answer them on the next podcast. Anyway, guys, once again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hope you've had fun. And for now, we have been the Spacemen from Pluto. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.